Hi, I'm Tiffany Roten, and this is Happy Young Adults, Episode 35, Power Over Your Anxiety with Daylene Byam. Welcome to Happy Young Adults. I'm Tiffany Roten, owner of Direct Your Life Coaching. I'm a huge fan of young adults, a mom of five, four of which are young adults, a lover of everything outdoors, and a certified life coach. I'm here to give you tools to feel better, to find more confidence, to feel less stress in your life, and to look to your future with confidence and excitement. Let me help you learn to become a happy young adult. Hi, Daylene. How's it going? Hi, Tiffany. Good. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited today, you all. I have the greatest guest. I've been a friend of Daylene's for several years when we were back in school and we became fast friends and she's awesome. You're going to love what she has to offer us today. So welcome and thanks for coming. And I'm super excited to have you, Daylene. Thanks, Tiffany. Yeah, I think we had an instant connection because we're our kids are all kind of the same age and we're in the same uh-huh. stage of life. Yep. We've all got a bunch of young adults, which is a great, yeah. great group. We love the young adults. So I want to just introduce, I'll have Daylene introduce herself to you and then we will go from there. I have four boys. My oldest is 26. And then I have two boys that are married in the middle. And then I still have a teenager at home and we live, we actually live in Canada. So straight up from Tiffany. <laughs> If you go on the I-15 all the way up, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we live out in the country, just outside this this town, south of Calgary. I don't know if you know where that is. But anyways, that's where we are. And yeah, you know where it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I coach teenagers that struggle with anxiety. Teenagers and young adults. I speak a lot to teenagers just because sometimes that's easier. But I do coach a lot of young adults. My actual favorite age group to speak to is that... I don't know about you, Tiffany, but my favorite is those kids going into university in their first year of college. I just think that's such a great time for them. It's such big change and it's so interesting to watch and help and, and help them navigate that first experience of college. So that's, that's kind of what I do. And the reason is, is because I have one of my boys really struggled with um, anxiety all through junior high, high school, and into college. And it was in college that he started getting some help. And when I saw the changes that he could make, I just knew that I needed to help as many teenagers and young adults as possible so that they don't have to hit that rock bottom kind of thing before they get the help that it can give them the tools and the help that they need before that happens. But but sometimes, and I mean, you probably know this too, too, Tiffany, sometimes they have to kind of hit that to <laughs> yeah. ask for help. Hey, I need some help. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is hard yeah. for a lot of us to just admit, Hey, I think I'm at a point where I could really use some help. And, but as you know, in the life coaching business, those that do come, we're able to help in tremendous ways and, and really get them in a place where they can move forward in their life in really healthy, happy ways. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love the most is seeing that difference and, and showing them that difference. Cause sometimes as you're working with them, they're like talking along, talking along, they, they don't see it. 
but yeah. your parents see it and, and your coach will see it. Yeah. And it's just like astonishing the difference to, to go from not even be able to get out of your vehicle to go play soccer or whatever, to all of a sudden being able to, you know, go out into the world and, and do things. And, and even for my son, he couldn't even like, like, you know, land landlines when we had landlines, he couldn't even yeah. answer the phone when someone yeah. would call, but, yeah. but to be able to go out and he has like his own window washing business in between um, semesters for school. And he's yeah. like killing it with it. It's just so incredible to me that you can have that kind of change. Right. Yeah. So awesome. Yes. So I'm super excited because you're going to help us today to, to just understand anxiety a little better. And I also, we're going to talk a little bit about maybe some clients that I've had and, and kind of where anxiety has been a, a struggle for them. Um, but ultimately my goal here is on this podcast today is to help you to have hope to know that if you feel anxiety, if you struggle with that at times or all the time that there are, there's lots of hope. There's lots of ways to move forward in your life. Even if you struggle with this a lot, Daylene's going to give us some skills. She's going to give us some different strategies and ways that we can really start to move forward and go out and have the life we really want to have and not allow anxious feelings or anxiety to inhibit what we want to do at all. Yeah, totally. Because I think that's one of the biggest concerns that I see anyways is, is that worry that they can't do things that they can't have, that they, they have no friends that they can't get the marks they want, that they can't do as well as they want in their extracurriculars or in college and stuff like that. Like it's really holding them back from those kind of things. Right. And, and that's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. They feel very stuck. And I've had many clients that feel very stuck because of it. And so we want to kind of smash through that and help you understand that anxiety is something we feel, but it is definitely not something that has to inhibit in any way our life or what we dream of or hope for or anything that we want to accomplish in our lives. So first of all, I just want to kind of define a little bit, Daylene, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of helping us understand anxiety and um, you know, there's all different levels and phases and I, I want you to help people understand all of us feel anxiety. When is anxiety just something that's normal for human? And when does anxiety become something that is a cause of concern? Yeah. And here's the thing is, and we were talking about this earlier is anxiety is such a buzzword, right? Everyone loves to say, I just hear it even like walking around um, and hearing my own teenagers talk and stuff like that is like, I have such terrible anxiety. And they're like, we're labeling ourselves as having anxiety. And, and a lot of kids don't even have a diagnosis, right? Like, they're just yes. like, oh, I have anxiety. Yes. And so it's like, it's like the thing to say. But one of the first things that I do, and when I'm talking to new clients is telling them that even if they have that diagnosis of anxiety, which some kids do, they've gone to a therapist or a psychologist, and they've been diagnosed with it. I really want them to use the words that they feel it as an emotion, that they're feeling it, that it's not something that they have. Mm. Because when we're telling ourselves that we have something, when we have anxiety, kind of feels like it's out of control. It's kind of like something we've caught, like a disease that we've caught. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of it just feeling like an emotion. So that's one of the things is just like, it's a feeling, 
an emotion that we feel. Sometimes it's heightened 100% for more kids, right? And we could definitely go into the differences there for sure in a second here. But but sometimes it's just that emotion. And, and just to, to kind of take that on and think, this is something that I'm feeling. Because yeah. if we're saying it's something that I have, then we're giving all that control away. Yeah. And we feel like we don't have any control over it. Right. And we're that's that really power. hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're totally, we're totally doing that. Yeah. So I think the time to be concerned is when you are feeling like you can't get out of bed. Okay. Or you feel like you can't walk into your class or you feel like you can't function. Like if you're not functioning, doing your normal things, you're not, you're not showering, you're not eating. That is a huge cause for concern. And that's when you really need to go and talk to a psychologist, a therapist or somebody like that and get that taken care of at that point. Because you're, if you're not functioning, if you're not taking care of yourself, you really need to have some cause for concern for that and take, take care of yourself and take care of that and get yourself into a good place where then hopefully at a point there, you can come and talk to and work with someone like me or Tiffany, right? Someone who will help you once you're in that functioning level and you're able to take care of yourself, but it's still holding you back. You're still not able to talk to friends, right? You're not, you're still not able to go up and advocate for yourself. You're not able to, um, to go out and do things, go to a party or, or be in social situations and, or you're feeling anxious or you're having panic attacks all the time, or you're anxious constantly, you're upset to your stomach, it's making you sick to your stomach or you're throwing up and stuff like that. Then that's where someone like me or Tiffany can help you with those kind of emotions, because really that's just heightened emotions. You're having anxiety and then you're feeling um, anxious about being anxious and then you're building on it, right? Because mm -hmm. in reality, anxiety is what we like to call in the coaching world, like a secondary emotion. It's something you feel after you've been worried. So you get really worried and then it builds and builds. <laughs> right. To the point where then it, it, it does get out of control at times. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's where someone like me comes in is you want to bring it back down to yeah. like an, a more regular kind of level. We're not trying to get rid of it because the second you trying to tell yourself you're trying to get rid of it, then you're building it up again, right? You're being anxious that you're anxious because you couldn't get rid of it. Right, right. And that's big. You, I see a lot that are that have anxiety over having anxiety, which is never, ever going to deescalate it. It's always going to make it worse. And uh, just becoming aware of those things, I think is really big and understanding. And that's what Daylene is so good at is helping us understand this idea that we, when we resist something that's happening, it's always going to escalate it. So if you will, I want you to talk a little bit about this idea. And we, and we both learned this in school, obviously, but this idea of, of avoiding or resisting emotions and, and why that's so, that's not helpful when we're, when we're already feeling worried, when we're already feeling stressed or overwhelmed with those kind of emotions when we resist and avoid them, how that often escalates anxieties. Yeah, totally. Because the thing is, is we're trying so hard not to feel anxious. Mm -hmm. And 
it happens. And this is with any uncomfortable emotion. It's just not anxiety, right? Like you're sad, you're mad, you're frustrated, you're bored, you're lonely, you're scared. Any of those kind of things, we try so hard not to feel them because they feel uncomfortable. They feel kind of yucky. And unfortunately, we're in a society where we're told that we should be feeling good all the time. Right. And there's kind of something wrong with us if you don't. So then we have this guilt upon us too. Yes. <laughs> and so we're like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I need to do something to not feel that way. Right. And it almost becomes instant, like automatic. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where things like our phones come into. You're picking up your phone. The second you feel uncomfortable in an emotion, you're picking up your phone and, and feeling nothing right or or feeling heightened from what you're watching on your phone whether it be social media texting your friends snapchat you know um youtube videos even just watching netflix or pornography but that's also where like drugs and alcohol come into play too like those are things that kind of give you that temporary relief from the uncomfortable emotion and we feel like it's a good thing yeah right? Because it's taking it away for a moment. But the problem is, is the second you put your phone down, the second you stop taking the drugs, the second you stop looking at the pornography, that emotion comes back. Exactly. It's still there. Mm -hmm. So it's hard because I think as young adults and as adults too, we just don't even see ourselves doing this, right? right? We're not recognizing, we're not paying attention to it, but it's just become so habitual. Mm -hmm. It's part of our everyday life now, right? Like, like you look at uh, at somebody else, pay attention when you go somewhere to a party or something like that, or a social situation and watch everybody. The second there's a lull in the conversation, the second nobody's paying attention to them, the second they're not kind of engaged with somebody, they're picking up their phone, right? Right, because they're feeling uncomfortable mm -hmm. and then they're trying to avoid that discomfort. Yeah, yeah. And we all do it, like watch people standing in line too at Costco, mm -hmm. right? Yep. <laughs> they all of a sudden don't have someone to talk to or engage with. And they're mm -hmm. like, it's uncomfortable. They don't want to look weird. So they, they pick up their phone and start scrolling on their phone while they're waiting in line at Costco. Mm -hmm. So same, same kind of thing. And they're maybe not feeling anxious, but they're feeling uh, uncomfortable, awkward, weird, whatever it is. Right. And so then, then we kind of go towards that. Right. And you mentioned, Aileen, that sometimes what you see with your clients is that you will ask them specifically what their screen time looks like in a week because, or even, you know, daily, because oftentimes we're not aware, but when we look at our screen time, we're like, wow, I am doing a whole lot of avoiding emotion by just getting, by literally getting on social media, whatever it is to avoid feeling anxious, but eventually if we're not careful, that gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I think it's really important to try and be self-aware of it. And I think even the same with anxiety, though, like paying attention when you're feeling anxious, but paying attention when you're trying to avoid it, too. So look at your phone. There's a place on your phone when you can, where you can see how much screen time you've spent on your phone for the week. And a lot of my clients at first will be like, oh, that's shut off for me. <laughs> and so I'll be like, okay, well then turn that on. And next week, we're going to take a look at that and pay attention to it. Yeah. But it's it's there. And I and I don't know that you can shut it off, but I, I think you can shut off the notification. So you're not seeing yeah. the actual notification on how much. And, and most of them, 90 like 99% of my clients are shocked how much time it is saying that they're spending on their phone, 12 hours, eight hours. Like it's a lot of time considering they're in school full time. Yeah. 
or they're at work full time. Like, how are they getting all that much time on their phone? Right. But it's a lot of time we're spending on our phones. And what does that indicate when they see how much time, what are you pointing out to them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's what's going on, right? It's that escaping the emotion. That's what's going on. For sure, 100%. But also, that's a lot of wasted time of stuff they're not being intentional on. And that's the that's the key is like, I'm not telling you don't spend time on your phone. Right? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with social media. I like social media. I find it very entertaining. I think it's good to to send Snapchats to your friends and and to watch stuff to kind of make yourself feel better. But, but be intentional on it. Mm -hmm. Decide when you're going to do it. Right. Even if you're deciding it's 10 hours a day, I don't care, but decide it ahead of time and do it rather than using that as your, you know, avoidance Yeah. to avoid your emotions, to avoid them. Be like, I'm feeling anxiety right now and that's okay. I'm allowing myself to feel it, but this is my time and I'm going to go watch social media. It's totally fine. (laughs) Exactly. But just be intentional on it. Don't use it to coincide with both together. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you kind of are, you are in control. You're the driver of that versus just allowing that to be whatever, whenever you're feeling uncomfortable, I'm just going to bring this in so that I don't have to feel whatever it is I'm feeling. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because you're deciding you're choosing, you're setting a timer and you're like, I'm going to go social media for an hour or whatever it is. Right. And yeah. it's so interesting because as soon as we are intentional and my clients are like, well, I only want to be on for three hours. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. we just talked about how you were on for 10 hours the day before <laughs> to go to three hours is a big jump. So be kind to yourself too, in the process of it, yeah. be realistic. And it may take some time to kind of bring it to where you want to be, but yeah, be intentional on it, whatever that time frame is and be kind to yourself about it too. Because <laughs> It's a shock at first, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just becoming aware, like sometimes we're like, wow, I had no idea. But once we do become aware and we do start to see, oh, wow, I am using social media or or anything else for that matter, Netflix, whatever you were talking about. Once we realize and are aware, oh, I am doing this and I am using this to avoid and I'm going to say specifically anxiety, because that's kind of what we're talking about here, then where do we go from there? What are some things we can do once we know, hey, this is kind of a problem. I'm feeling anxiety regularly and, and I'm using, and I don't want to feel this. So I'm going and I'm avoiding it by doing all these other things. Once I realize that, Mm -hmm. then what are these steps? What are some different strategies we can start to use to help ourselves learn to feel emotion and to reduce the anxiety we're we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're talking just specifically in that instance where we're like trying to not avoid it, I think just telling yourself that you're feeling anxious right now and it's totally okay because, Mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of those instances, it would be kind of weird if you weren't feeling anxious, right? If you were to look around at other people doing the exact same thing that you're doing that's making you feel anxious, I think you would realize that everyone else is feeling a little uncomfortable or anxious about it. Right. Right? 
Like yeah. you're walking into a big group of people that you don't know. It would be kind of weird if you didn't feel a little anxious there. Right. And Most so, humans feel, you know, a little bit anxious when they're going into a new situation. Yeah. A hundred percent. Or you have a test coming up. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of weird if you weren't anxious about it. Right. Totally fine. It's totally normal. It's totally okay. Right. Like just be so kind to yourself about it because so often we're like, frustrated and mad that we're feeling anxious and the problem is that and then we're mad that we're feeling anxious and then we're avoiding feeling anxious and then the problem is is you're not getting anything done right (laughs) then you're not studying for your test and then you're not making a plan to how you're going to make new friends or go to this party then you're avoiding the party altogether right like my son and his cousin they were a little bit of an enablers with their anxiety they would like hop on their bikes because we would be at our cabin and they had a, a, you know, youth activities going on. They'd hop on their bikes. They'd talk themselves into going, hop on their bikes, ride past. And then they'd look at each other and go, yeah, those people look kind of weird. Yeah, you're right. They look weird. And then keep on riding by and not go. (laughs) (laughs) And they just helped each other move right on past. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that happens quite a bit. So just being so being like, okay, if they could have just said, we're, we're going to be anxious. We know we're going to be anxious here. Yeah. Right. We're going to go meet some people. We're going to an activity that we don't know anybody. We don't know even know what the activity is. Right. It's totally fine. We can do this. Like, just kind of give yourself a little pep talk. (laughs) This is normal. Right. You know, it's so funny, Jaylene. I've had, oh, half a dozen or so adults that'll come to me that are engaged to be married or, you know, a couple weeks before they're getting married. And they're like, I don't know what's going on, Tiffany. I'm feeling really anxious. Like as if this is a, you know, a big problem and they're thinking, well, because I'm feeling anxious, this must be wrong. And this must not be the right person, all these things. And I'm like, no, when you get married, oftentimes you feel anxious right? and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just a human emotion. Whenever you're going to do something, you know, you perceive as really big, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. you're going to be anxious plan on it most people are a little anxious before they get married I know I was yeah and and that's one of my other tips too that I love is make a plan okay make a plan one of my clients she would panic every time she would have a panic attack every time she'd go on this road trip to go visit her sister three hours north uh-huh. and so she was so anxious about it and she would and she would talk herself out of not going but she uh-huh. really wanted to go see her sister. Yeah. And so finally I said, let's just make a panic plan here. And this mm-hmm. was her plan is we're going to drive here. This is where you usually start to panic. We're going to pull over. You're going to have a panic attack. Uh-huh. And then you're going to get in your car and then you're going to go again. Oh, and she's like, yeah. okay, yeah, let's do that. And the funny <laughs> thing is, is she didn't have a panic attack. <laughs> It was almost like because she was feeling anxious because she knew she was going to be anxious, Mm -hmm. right? Totally. That was creating all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we planned on the panic attack. Yeah. It's totally fine. We're going to panic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have a plan for it. And then funny thing is no panic. So I think making a plan is so helpful. Like plan on being anxious. Yeah. Right. I'm getting married. I'm going to be anxious. And when I'm anxious, what are some things that are helpful for me? Yeah. Let's make a plan for that. Yeah. I'm going to be, some of my clients are puking their guts out, right? Uh 
-huh. Let's make a plan for throwing up. We're going to throw up right before you go out and do your audition. Right. Where are you going to throw up? Where's the bathroom? What are you going to do right after? Just plan yeah. for it. And it sounds kind of, <laughs> it sounds terrible and hard, right? Yeah. But if you kind of bring down the worry about what am I going to do when I throw up or have to run to the bathroom? It's like my son, when he asked his now wife to marry him, he, he always would get anxious bells, right? Yeah. And so he just made that in the plan of the engagement plan, right? We called it his engagement plan. He was going to have to go sit into the bathroom at one point yeah, and sit in the bathroom. And that's when he was going to text us and say, Hey, we're almost there. Can you make sure everything's ready to go? Right. <laughs> because we knew he was going to have to set that time out <laughs> to sit in the bathroom. Yeah, but it's interesting because it's almost like the fear in their head of what could happen or what you think is going to happen is so scary. It creates the anxiety, but when you have a plan for it, and it's yeah. like, well, when that does happen, this is what I'm going to do, which then takes the unknown away. Like, what if instead it's like, no, yeah, that's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And miraculously, oftentimes it sounds like it kind of takes it away. Yeah. And he still had to go to the bathroom. Like he still was yeah. in the bathroom. It was totally fine. Right. Yeah, totally. And he still got engaged. And he still he's got married. engaged. <laughs> yeah. He's still, he's married. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Fascinating that we can feel those emotions and still move forward in our life and still get all the things that we want. Because that's what I hear a lot from my clients is they, this anxiety becomes a problem where they can't, it starts to affect their life and pre prevent them from doing what they want to do. Cause they're like, Oh no, if I go do this, I'm going to feel anxious. That's scary to me. So I'm mm -hmm. just going to shut down and not do what I want, but then they're stuck and they're sad and they're sitting yeah. here wanting dreams and wanting to fulfill things, but they don't know how. So what do you, what do you say to people like this that are kind of stuck or the anxiety that they feel is preventing them from doing what they really want to do? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. I'll give you a couple here. One of my favorite is, is what I kind of call like exposure plan. Mm -hmm. like slowly expose yourself to a little bit more of what you're trying to do every single time. So, okay. so for example, these guys going to the activity, it's totally fine that they just circled the activity and came back, right? Mm -hmm. They circled the activity and came back, but here's the thing. They didn't go back the next time, but what I would want you to do the next time is circle the activity, come up to the door, look in the door. Okay. The next time, right? Yeah. The next yeah. time, open up the door, go in, circle the building, come back out. Okay. Yeah. The next time, say hi to somebody. Mm. And sometimes it can be a little quicker, right? Like it may be like, this is my step. I'm going to go. You might do it all in one night, right? Like if you feel comfortable enough, you do all those steps in one night, but you're like, this is my exposure plan. I'm going to circle the building and then I'm going to go up to the door and I'm going to look in and then I'm going to pull the door open and then I'm going to go in and then I'm going to go say hi to someone and I'm going to smile at someone. I'm going to look them in the eye mm -hmm. and then I'm going to say, hi, my name is Daylene. Yeah. But right? that way, again, it doesn't make your brain go, oh, this is so scary. I don't know what's going to happen. You have a plan mm -hmm. and you do it in baby steps is what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just slowly expose yourself to what you feel comfortable with and where you're at. 
And sometimes just the unknown is so scary. But if you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And then this is what I'm going to do. And then this is what I'm going to do. And then this is what I'm going to do. And you know exactly how it is. So what would you say to someone that's like, well, I have a plan, but what if it doesn't go? What if somebody comes up Mm -hmm. and hijacks this plan? Then what do I do? Yeah. Well, I love the idea of just writing down all your what ifs, write them all down, get Uh them all down and then look at them and kind of think, are all of these realistic? Like, will these really happen? Do I believe these things? Yeah. Because some of them are going to be unbelievable. For example, one of my boys, he really had anxiety about going and filling his vehicle up with gas when he was first driving. And so we just slowly went through all his what ifs. And some of them were kind of unrealistic, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what if the gas station blows up? Well, (laughs) the gas station probably isn't going to blow up. So we just say to him, do you really think that this is going to happen? And he's like, no, I know it's not going to happen. I know the gas station is going to blow up. So we'll cross that one off, right? Right. Yeah. But the rest of them, we'd look at them and say, and change his what ifs and answer the question, what if we would change it to, if this happens, then this is what you're going to do. Right. Right. So if your debit card doesn't work, then you're going to, you know, use this other card or call your mom or whatever, like have a plan in place. Yeah. So if someone hijacks your plan, or nobody looks at you, or you say, hi, my name is Daylene, and nobody says anything back, then you're going to, you know, turn around and go talk to somebody else or whatever, whatever the plan is. So take all those what ifs, because that's a lot of anxiety is that worry of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. It's changing all those what ifs to if this happens, then I'm going to do this. So then you have a plan, you know it. Right. I love, love, love that. That's fabulous. Um, We don't have a lot of time left. Can you give me another one or two strategies of things we can do when anxiety is maybe feeling like a problem to us in our life? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Another thing that I love is just having some calming strategies ready to go when you're starting to feel it. Um, But the thing, here's the key. is pick what you're going to do ahead of time. Like there's so many that you can choose and I'll give you a few to choose from here, but pick one that really resonates with you. Cause I find when I'm feeling anxious and, and I'm trying to calm myself down a little bit, I, cause I, I know so many strategies, I start popping through them all and I'm like, none of these are working. (laughs) (laughs) So pick one thing that really resonates with you. That really helps that you can do. So yeah, tell yourself I'm feeling anxious it's totally okay. And then try some of these like calming strategies that really work. So it's just kind of like slowing your brain down. So one of the ones I love is like listening to what's outside the building or room that you're in and listening for the sounds that are going on out there. Mm. And so I was trying to see if I can hear anything, but I can't. But anyways, Sometimes I can hear a truck because there's a little bit of construction on the property next to us going on and then bring it into the room that you're in. So I have a fan that keeps my laptop cool. I can always hear my fan going. So I'll pay attention to the fan for a little bit and then bring the noise into yourself. Like what can you hear within yourself? Your heart will probably be beating pretty heavy. So you probably can hear that. Listen to your breathing and pay attention to that. Try and calm it, slow it down a little bit. It just kind of brings you down. Another one that I love 
is just slowing your breathing, but breathing in and really paying attention to like, when you breathe in, the air is kind of cool feeling when you breathe in through your nose and then breathe out through your nose and the, and the air temperature is warmed. So mm -hmm. just kind of paying attention to that. Right. And listening to it. Another thing that I love too, is just kind of steady yourself somewhere. Mm -hmm. Put your hand on the wall and then just kind of ground yourself to the building. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like just kind of steady yourself to the building and be like, I'm steady. I'm here. I'm okay. I'm safe. Mm. And take so a second. All of these, it yourself. feels like Daylene, you're kind of bringing them to the present Mm -hmm. that to what's going on right at the moment right now versus because again a lot of times the anxiety has to do with what's going to happen right totally. it's, it's somewhere either in the past or the or the future but it's hard yeah. to feel that in the now right yeah and that's what it'll kind of do is it'll bring you back to the now bring you back to your what if strategy or the plan that you had or back to your um, exposure plan that you had, whatever you had in place ready to go. Because yeah. sometimes our brain just all of a sudden goes wild. We just yeah. need to bring ourselves back, calm yourself down for a second, and then go. Right. Yeah. Those are fabulous. Those are some great strategies just in, in the moment, if those are things that you're feeling. So as we end today, do you have one last thought maybe some advice to anyone who feels like anxiety is an issue, what may, might be the best thing you could do if, if that's a real problem for you? I think the biggest thing is just feeling like there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. I think so often we feel like we're broken mm. or we have to hide it or we have, we can't share where we're at or how we're feeling because people are going to think differently about you mm -hmm. or they're going to judge you or they're going to think you are broken. Yeah. And it's so not true because if you were to just pay attention to what's going on around you, I think you would see that everyone else is going through the same thing as you are Yeah. yeah. because they really are like, it's, yeah. it's so incredible. I think so often as teenagers and young adults, we're kind of centered on ourselves, which is fine. It's totally normal. Yeah. But if you were to just open your eyes and look around at all the other kids, they're, they're all going through the same thing as you. Some of them are hiding it a little bit better. Yeah. But they all are going through the exact same thing. Right. Because we're all humans and we all experience a huge array of emotion. And like you said, if you're starting college, if you're doing something new, probably 99.9% .9 of those freshmen are anxious as well. And that's just normal. That's just yeah. being a human, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. Well, awesome. Well, Daylene, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like she's given us some great food for thought, some great skills, some things we can use if we're struggling. Daylene, if they're really, if it's, if it's a problem in their life and they really want to get some more help, tell them where you can be found. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a website. It's dailyambyam.com. It's D-A-E-L-E-N-E-B-Y-A-M.com. I'll put um, it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's free. It's the only one. So it's really easy to find or at anxiety coach. I think it's anxiety coach Daylene on Instagram. But again, if you just put my name in there, there's not very many, there's no Daylene's with me. So 
Yeah. And she's really easy to find, but yeah, I try and keep up on my Instagram and have some really good tips, but there's lots of good information on there. If you're just needing some extra tips, then definitely a great place to go and get that. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Daylene. This has been a great conversation. I hope it's been helpful to you as my young adult audience. I hope that there's some things that you've learned that you can take from this to really help you. So thanks for joining us today and we will see you soon. Bye. Are you in need of a life coach? Everyone needs someone to talk to, someone who doesn't judge you someone who is safe and listens to understand. What if that someone was me? If you want to find confidence and a new way to look at your life, come, let me help you. Go to directyourlifecoaching.com. But just a warning, you will never be the same again.